Percebe. Volume. Well, I wonder what uh, the Malibu meditator is doing now because he must be sending, uh, sucking up him. Okay, guys, here we go. Malibu. <laughs> okay. Don't forget, guys, super chat me. Don't forget, super chat. How do I get the link to where the stream is? So that I can share it with everybody else. Hey, guys, one sec. Is it this? Let me just give me a second. No, that's your studio. That's my studio. So how do I know where it is? Okay, hold on, guys. Stay with me. I'm about to go on Twitter to make sure that people fall, come and see me. Okay. Hold on a sec. Okay. So don't forget, this has to be... I better start seeing some super chats. Time is money. Uh, okay, where am I going? Hold on. Oh, share? Where is the share? Oh, I see the share. Okay, thank you. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, 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 I see it, guys. Thanks. You need to log in before you share the street. What the F? Forget that. Okay, hold on a sec. <laughs> oh, thank you, Nia. Going to Montreal in June. would love to get some cool... Got spots to visit. Okay, hold on a sec. Here's your. Uh... Here's the thing. Can you share it for me somewhere? This is my wife. She's <laughs> in the background. Wait a minute, Neil. I, this time I learned. Last time I realized that I was answering anybody, but super chatting. Uh, so uh, going to Montreal would love to get some cool got spots to visit. You should go to old Montreal. You should go to. Where should he go, Annie? What is this? What's happening? I airdropped you a link. Okay. Uh, the honey badger is here. Wait a second. I know those hands. Which hands? These hands? These hands? Which hands? Uh, hold on a sec. Only 78? Even though I'm just, you know, it's impromptu without any promotion. 78? What are you guys all doing at work? Instead of sitting at home praying that I come on in the live stream? So anyways, just to wrap it up with Neil, uh, go to Old Montreal. Of course, go to the downtown area, although that's become a bit more seedy. Where else should they go? Bagel shop. Go to the bagel shop, St. Viator Bagel Shop. That's a must. I think that should keep you busy for a while. All right. Okay, guys. Do you ever do speeches? Hey, thank you so much, Joke Mike. Uh, do you ever do speeches appearances? We need to hear about yourself. Oh, of course I do. I do speeches many often. Actually, I just gave two talks, uh, Jolt Mike at, uh, at UT Austin. Uh, so maybe I'll tell you a bit about that. Uh, first, both talks were at the Salem Center for Policy at UT Austin. The first one was on my uh, evolutionary psychology work, uh, you know, the epistemology of evolutionary psychology. And then the second one was on the parasitic mind. Then, I, of course, I appeared on Joe Rogan, uh, so that was really fun. So, yeah, I give talks all the time. But, of course, the government takes 58% of my words, my syllables, my language, 
my life story doesn't belong to me it works to the government oh look at here square head five dollars how is your hebrew can you say something uh, I speak Hebrew, albeit not very well. So that's for you, Squarehead. Thank you for the $5. Guys, come on. Let's get those super chats going. Not that I'm only here for the super chat, but, uh, you know, time is money. We got to we gotta monetize our time. And, of course, everything that you give me, 58% goes to Justin Trudeau and uh, Francois Legault. I'm going to have to find a way to fight against all this. I, I truly can't tell you how depressive and I'm, I'm, I'm the most effusive and fun guy and jovial guy, but, uh, you know, having the government say, Hey, great job on this book, Dr. Saad, but all of the royalties go to us is the highest form of existential rape. So I'm not sure what's going to happen. Uh, but I have to find a way to, to, to get my money back to, to address the situation. I was under such duress to just press the send button and send it off to the tax authorities. I'm sure that I did the wrong thing. But in any case, mesh frequency. Why are you so handsome, Professor? Mesh frequency. Um, combination of genes, which just makes me look at this. You got, you got this jaw. You got this skin color. You got the full lips. You got the green eyes. You know, that's just... By the way, I don't know if any of you have seen the... Uh, some some Dutch uh, artificial intelligence folks, I think they're Dutch, came up with a, a composite of, I don't know exactly how they did it, of what Jesus would look like. Go check it out. Jesus looks like somebody you might be live streaming with right now. I'm just saying. He's from uh, exactly the same area that I'm from. He's also Jewish. Is it any surprise that genes are what they are? Do you believe that Jesus was true national social true people fair? I, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Uh, what are your thoughts on Pierre Polivier? Well, if Pierre uh, Polivier gets me back my, uh, the money that was stolen from me, uh, then he'll be good. And if not, he's a bullshitter just like the rest of them. Hold on a second. I said, this it wasn't red. Unfortunately, L Rizzle, it wasn't red. I'm so sorry. I tried, what I tried to do last week was kind of just read all of the messages that were coming in. I, and then I learned the protocol that of course you should always go to the super chat questions first so if you want to post your comment here el rezel and i will answer your question all right but i'm going to be on the lookout for it god no more shirtless photos please or my girlfriend will call me that is the truth that is the truth have you thought of writing a workbook to follow up on the parasitic mind uh you know i think there's a lot more to be said in terms of the the woke stuff is only increasing but you know i also like to navigate in new areas so I don't like to be kind of a one-trick pony. Uh, that's why my next book is A Recipe for the Good Life. So Parasitic Mind, uh, you know, huge international bestseller. Again, most of my royalties stolen from me. Uh, I'm hoping to get it back. Let's see. Maybe somebody can help me. Uh, but uh, that book is about, you know, faulty thinking. What happens to your brain when your brain is parasitized? But how about now working on another book that's, the positive side of that, which is what are some positive mindsets that can help us live a good life? So I thought that was a good compliment. So rather than just constantly writing about, you know, all of the ways by which people engage in faulty thinking, let's offer people some hope, some advice and so on. Zane Clark, thank you so much for your uh, message, uh, for your uh, super chat. What's the best way we should combat parasitic minds? What resources do you suggest? Well, in chapters uh, seven and eight of the parasitic mind, I actually answer exactly this question 
you know, building nomological networks uh, to seek truth, uh, you know, activating your inner honey badger, not diffusing the responsibility of speaking to others. So I do have a whole set of uh, epistemological and, uh, you know, practical tools that you can use. Art Vandalay, thank you so much. 10 out of 10. Thank you, Art Vandalay, first for your super chat and secondly, for your lovely words. Please spread the word. I mean, you know, imagine if I can get someone like, uh, you know, Elon Musk, who keeps using woke mind virus as his term. Hmm. Uh, if he were to say, hey, I read Gatsad's book, everybody go out and buy it. I mean, beyond, of course, the fact that it would sell more. We're also just involved in a battle of ideas. And so if everybody can spread the word so that more and more people can can read the book, you know, it would be great. Someone was asking me earlier, what's... Uh, oh, somebody asked me, uh, have you seen 2000 Mules? Let me tell you about that. I was invited to the premiere of 2000 Mules, the Dinesh D'Souza movie in Florida. And I had to go through a whole secret service protocol because Donald Trump would be there. I would have hung out with uh, Donald Trump. Don't tell that to the Malibu meditator. He'll get very upset at me. He's already very upset at me. Uh, and so in any case, uh, I couldn't go because I was, I had this trip to UT Austin. And so I couldn't, of course, cancel that. I had accepted to do it long ago. And so I wasn't able to go to, to the premiere of 2000 uh, Mules, but uh, I heard good things about it. And I'm hoping to watch it, but I, so I couldn't tell you how it is. There was a gentleman who said that he did the, uh, the thing last week, oh, El Rizzo, message retracted. I'm trying to look for you, El Rizzo, to answer your super chat from last week, but you're not around. I don't know what's going on. So sorry about that. Hi, God, hope you're doing Thank you for the work you do. Thank you for speaking out. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, any chance that your nephew, uh, nephew Ariel might interview on this on his YouTube channel? Uh, Ariel and I have spoken, actually, about the fact of uh, you know him coming on my show or vice versa. It hasn't happened yet. I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, but yeah, of course, I'd love to speak to Ariel. Uh, he's my nephew after all. What is the best, best book you've ever read? Uh, well, it's hard to pick one best book. I have, I've tackled this in the past. It, it depends on which area, you know, homicide is the book that uh, started my career in evolution psychology. So of course it's important. Origin of species Darwin is the, you know, is, is a classic, obviously is a standard higher superstition is a book that really uh, was a fantastic uh, academic book regarding many of the woke nonsense that we see today. They kind of addressed it. It was written by a biologist and a mathematician uh, way back in the 90s. So there are, there are many, many great books that I've read. So it's, it depends on which area we're talking about. Uh, all right, guys, let's, there, uh, let's, let's keep the uh, super chats going. Let's uh, make this both fun uh, you know, and, and also profitable. Hey, I just emailed you something really important. Okay, well, I received tons of jolt. Mike, is there a chemical? Thank you so much for uh, your uh, super chat uh, donation. Uh, thank you, Kick Jack. I'll get to you next. Is there a chemical neural service we can point to that drives these parasitic that melt people? Which is well, you know, it's interesting you say this. Uh, I'll come to you, Kick Jack, in a second. Thank you very much for your super chat. Uh, Many of you have probably seen in chapter six, if you've read the book, uh, I talk about ostrich parasitic syndrome and a, I think it was a doctoral student or maybe a postdoc, he'd written to me asking if we can do some research using brain imaging to identify something akin to ostrich parasitic syndrome. Now, how would you do that, right? Ostrich parasitic syndrome is, 
you know, an inability to see evidence for what it is, right? It's la, 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 I don't want to hear it, right? And hence, that's why it's ostrich, you're burying your head in the sand. And so he was suggesting that maybe there's some neuronal signatures that we might be able to pick up in brain imaging that that demonstrates this. I, I'm not certain what that would do, uh, you know, because thank you, Gary, uh, for your super chat. I'll come to you in a second. So, uh, I, I, I mean, conceptually speaking, I think that there are ways by which we can... Uh, you know, use the brain imaging paradigm to study these parasitic ideas, how much they will add to our ability to, you know, battle parasitic ideas. I'm not sure that we can. Uh, so let me go here to uh, kick Jack. What place in the U.S. do you want to move to? So, uh, look, uh, I've always been a Southern California guy. Uh, I lived in Southern California. I was a University of California, uh, Irvine uh, professor. Uh, I... Uh, I have, I've had family there for many, many years. Uh, it's almost like a second, well, this is like a second home to me. Uh, but of course, given uh, the taxes in Southern California, given the, the, the woke infestation, of course, like many people, I've now kind of turned my attention maybe more to Florida and Texas. So uh, these are things that my family are, are thinking of. Uh, it's tough for me because as a tenured professor, you know, you do face the golden handcuffs or the, you know, the golden cage. It's not easy to leave a, you know, a 10 year professorship, you know, that you've taken, you know, 30 years to build. You know, I am a professor through and through. So, you know, I'm weighing all these options, but certainly uh, the reality that I have recently faced with the taxes was just so exit. I mean, frankly, one of the reasons why I just came on the live stream is just to kind of get my mind off the unbelievably sense of desperation that I'm feeling. That, you know, all of my money, all of my hard work, all of my my life story in this book, everything is stolen from the government. Imagine that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not inviting you to a pity party. Just at some point, I'm even thinking of doing a whole, uh, you know, a whole article to, to address, you know, how what a severe rape it is to treat, uh, you know, your most productive citizens in this manner. It's punitive. It's confiscatory. Oh, you made money on your book? You give it all to us. Uh, so... Southern California would have been first, but now probably Texas or Florida. Uh, Gary Denier Basse, in other news. Oh, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Let me just get through all of the people. Uh, I, I hope I'm getting all of them in the right place. In other news, the band REM single Shiny Happy People is about to be remastered. <laughs> that trick people. Okay, fair enough. I was never in, a big uh, REM fan. His voice annoys me, kind of this navel, nasal whiny. In French, we say... Genie mal compris, the, the misunderstood genius. This is what this is the vibe that the the lead singer of REM gives me. Have you explored? Thank you, Indy Prime, for your uh, uh, super chat donation. Have you explored the orc or model of conscious? No, I have no clue what that stuff is. I, I wish I could weigh in on it. Of course, I know who Sir Roger Penrose is, uh, who I think one of the maybe two times ago when I was on on. Uh, Joe Rogan's show, uh, he was immediately the guest before me or after me. So, of course, great guy, Sir Sir Roger, but I couldn't tell you anything about that. What's your take on the phenomenon of man by Deschardins and the what the hell? EUP, that's me, exclamation point. Thank you for your donation. I have no idea what the phenomenon of man by Deschardins and the concept. I don't know what that is. I truly don't know. I wish I could answer your question. Can't answer it. Uh, oh, L Rizzo, thank you for coming back. Taxation is theft. My God, is it ever. COVID-1984 is the single biggest crime in medical fraud in human history. Well, I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, I think 
well, I'm sure this is happening all over the world. The the amount of COVID specific money that was levied as part of our taxes that now has somehow disappeared is simply bewildering. So imagine when I go into my bank account on May 2nd and I take that amount that comes from these royalties, which is, you know, an amount that could have set me up for retirement, that could have allowed me to put a down payment for, uh, you know, an, a condo with my wife in Florida. I mean, I work for this money. It's it's my life story. It's my words. It's my syllable. It's my thoughts. It's my neuron firings. And I press a button and it disappears. Well, that money that just disappeared into the iCloud is part of that misappropriated or stolen COVID money. I despise the government. I mean, really, future historians will look back at this period, just like we look at other grotesque realities, slavery and so on, and will wonder how did people put up with it? Remember, taxation in 1917 or income tax came in as a temporary measure just during World War One. Fast forward 105 years, you could take 58% of my personhood. Belongs to you, government. It's unbelievable. Uh, did I answer everything else? Why is Sam Harris such a globalist nowadays? You know, I don't, I don't want to turn this into a uh, slamming Sam Harris thing. Uh, but, you know, Sam and I were friends. I've been on his show. We've had dinner together. When I saw him going crazy over Donald Trump, when I saw him, you know, uh, uh, celebrating that uh, Twitter had shut down his account uh, when he was, you know, being pragmatic about uh, Brett Kavanaugh, because, you know, we don't have to presume he's innocent of the charges because, you know, it's just a it's just a job interview uh, when you're being appointed to the uh, Supreme Court. That's not a criminal trial. So when I saw him violent, violating inviolable uh the ontological principles, I, I lost a lot of respect for him. And so, unfortunately, uh, we don't speak much these days. But, of course, I'm a, uh, I'm a big enough man that if he said to me, hey, come on my show, let's discuss our differences, I'd, I'd be happy to do it. But, you know, Sam is just one of many pseudo-intellectual schmucks. That's okay. Uh, first of all, love you. What would it take for you to come spend a Shabbat with me in Long Beach at my Sephardic show? Well, uh, uh, first, I'd have to be in Southern California. Uh, second of all, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Long Beach. I'm usually in Newport Beach, so that's about an hour away, 45 minutes away. I don't know. If I ever make it down there, uh, send me a text or something. Well, not a text, but, you know, alert me. And if I'm around in the area, if my schedule permits it, I'll, I'll try to make it. Ronan, thank you so much for your uh Super chat donation. I don't have a question. Just got excited seeing you doing this and want to incentivize you. You know what? Thank you so much. Uh, in a sense, even as we're doing this and some of you guys are being generous and giving some uh, donations, I just can't help but believe that whatever, I can't escape. Whatever you're giving me, most of it is going to go to the government. There is no way for me to have personal agency. I want to do something. I want to write a book. I want to give talks. I want to set up an online le lectures. Anything that I do anywhere. By the way, most of the extra income I make is outside of Quebec and Canada, yet Canada taxes at 58%. Please, someone write to me. You're a tax lawyer. You're a tax accountant. Help me get my money back. Not just moving forward how to protect it. I need to get the money that they stole from me. Uh, 
So thank you, Ronan. Uh, AD, thank you for your donation. I'm a Sardinian immigrant and I have a tattoo of our flag. So you mean what? The Sardinia flag, I guess. I'm in college and I cannot for the life of me give a crap if these people think it's racist. I thought these people supported free expression. Hey, you do you. Uh, by the way, if you were Jewish, being branded with a tattoo would be problematic. Uh, as many of you know, in the Jewish faith, it is not, uh, uh, it is, quote, uh, you know, prohibited to get a tattoo. Um, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I might be wrong here, but I think the... The theological argument is that you don't sort of tamper with what God created. And I, if I remember correctly, you can't be buried in a Jewish synagogue, uh, Jewish synagogue, in a Jewish cemetery if you are tattooed. So, uh, AD, I'm presuming you're not Jewish. Otherwise, it's time to look into cremation. Hello, Godfather. Hello, Mrs. Godfather. Probably in the chat. I don't know if Mrs. Godfather is in the chat. Is she? I don't know. Uh, Dr. Sani, thoughts on crypto? You know, I know nothing about crypto. Nothing. Zero. And seeing how it's going down now, having had all my money stolen from the tax authorities, uh, I'm not sure that I would want to be playing around with, uh, with crypto these days. Okay, let's move on to, uh, Low Rung Maslow. Thanks, Professor. You fight the good fight. It's amazing. I know it's St. Paul, but hey, you're in. <laughs> thank you so much. I truly appreciate uh, your donation, your kind words. Louis, thank you so much for your donation. Let theory, we will tend toward a dysfunctional instead from the natural consequence of our own example. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what you mean, uh, but here's what I could say. Uh, a poor understanding, I'm, I'm answering Louis now, a poor understanding of human nature results in suboptimal policy decisions. And so in that sense, once you remove from a understanding of human nature, uh, you design poor products, you design poor political systems, you design poor, poor economic systems, right? Communism and socialism have always failed because they're antithetical to a fundamental feature of human nature. And as many of you have heard me say before, I love this quote from E.O. Wilson when he was asked about socialism slash communism. He said, great idea, wrong species, right? It's great for social ants who have one reproductive queen and everybody else is an equal worker ant. It's not good for humans who are hierarchical. So yes, of course, when you uh, when you decouple our nature from the downstream consequences of a poor understanding of our human nature, you get into trouble. Can do. Thank you so much for uh, your uh, uh, super chat donation. My daughter plans to go to University of Austin in two years. Any chance you think she might be? She might have given the education government here from private high school. You think it's worth trying as a Canadian? Uh, uh, do I think it's worth trying to go to University of Austin? Well, I, I don't know about their curriculum, but what I can tell you is that during my uh, trip to Austin, so for those of you who don't know, I was just in Austin. Only 272 people on this chat. How is it not 2.7 million? God Saad shows up in the middle of a Friday before Shabbat, 280 people. It should be 2,800. It should be 28,000. Go tell your friends to come join us in our chat. Okay. Uh, so I went to Austin. I gave two talks at the University of Texas, Austin. I met some really super wealthy kind of million, uh, in French, you say milliardaires or billionaires in, in English uh, to talk about all kinds of exciting opportunities. And I met with the president of University of Austin. So I can only weigh in on that. He's, he seemed like a very, very cool guy. Uh 
they're trying to put together a really interesting curriculum there, not only in terms of, you know, being anti-woke, having classical liberal values, but they're trying to also break disciplinary silos, right? The idea, you know, if you're in political science, you know, you study this. And if you're in finance, you study that. And there are no interactions between the groups. My wife is here with the fan. It's so hot in here. It's like a thousand degrees. Uh, hi, beautiful wife. How are you? Just say hi so that they can hear you. Oh, you hear that? You hear that sexy voice? But you never see her. See, that's the beauty. Maybe my wife is a is a guy. Maybe she self-identifies. Yeah, you, you don't see her. For for privacy issues, I'm the schmuck who's always in public. My family is kept in the private background. Uh, so anyway, so I think University of Austin is doing some really, really cool things in terms of trying to create greater interdisciplinary interdisciplinarity. But of course... They don't yet have, they haven't started yet with their first cohort of students. I think this summer they are teaching a forbidden knowledge course. Uh, I think maybe Pete Bogosian is going to be teaching there. So, uh, you know, I can't, based on what I've heard, it seems like they're doing the right thing. So I wish your daughter best of luck uh, can do. Uh, uh, You know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, But yeah, that's great. Okay, let's move on to Steve Steve Drake. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. It is good, love. Thank you so much. I, I want to make sure I'm afraid to miss anybody. All I can, oh, you know what? Thank you so much, Steve. Yeah, every penny counts. Uh, here are some things that I'm hoping to do, frankly. You know, I would love nothing more than to be spending all my time doing nothing but creating content, disseminating knowledge, you know, creating knowledge and then disseminating knowledge, having online lectures, you know, going on locals and having a subscription-based model. I want to do all these things. Because look, uh, as I've, I might have said in the first live stream a couple of weeks ago, this is the second one. I'm a professor through and through. It's in my DNA. No one is, uh, you know, no one is meant to be a professor more than me. I never imagined that I would leave academia, and I hope to stay in academia. But there are some elements of academia that are becoming quite burdensome, right? Uh, for all sorts of reasons, not just the woke stuff. That's really bad. Not just the parasitic ideas. That's really bad. But you know. Things move very slowly in academia. The bureaucracy is very difficult. You know, if you're entrepreneurial, if you're a free spirit, if you're irreverent to the orthodoxy, you want to do big things. The system is set up to slow you down, to say no. And so, you know, I'm so I'm I'll never retire from the intellectual life. But if there are other exciting mediums by which I can, uh, you know, grow the platform, reach more people you know, create online lectures, uh, create, you know, exclusive content behind a subscription-based, you know, all kinds of really cool things that, you know, help me monetize and, you know, protect my financial future if I decide to leave academia, but also that allows people to keep, you know, uh, learning, uh, then I'm happy to do so. Thank you, Lord. Uh My wife just gave me some uh, some stuff so I can, so I don't get dehydrated. Uh, so, you you don't need to apologize for whatever you gave, uh, Steve. Everything that you give is good. Frederick York, how many beers can you drink with? <laughs> All right, here's a story. You ready? I'm 23 years old. I have very long hair. I'm playing on this big soccer team. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's not as competitive as when I was a teenager. So it's, it's kind of a, a competitive team, but not, you know, not, not a professional team. And we're playing in a tournament in Quebec. Uh, I had one, actually, the best player in that uh, little uh, tournament thing. Uh, when the players found out on my team that I had never drank, I think I'm at 23 at that point, they jumped me in the hotel room, held me down, took my ponytail, took scissors, 
and they said, you're drinking tonight or else you're going to have a really unpleasant haircut. And having the Samsonian complex that I had back then, I started to drink. So that was the first time I drank. So it's not really in my makeup to enjoy alcohol. I do like a nice uh, dry white wine. I do enjoy um, uh, Bailey's Irish uh, cream. You know, uh, I, I enjoy that. But I'm not a drinker. So how many beers can I drink? Probably a couple of sips and I'm useless. So, yeah, I'm not good. I'm going on. Sorry, guys. I'm, I learned my lesson from last time around. I'm going to the Super Chat, folks. You want me to read your question? You got to do the Super Chat. What are your thoughts on the halves? Are you a fan? Great question. By the way, I didn't, I don't think, publicly weigh in on this. Uh, Guy Lafleur, legend, one of the all-time greatest players, uh, passed away recently. When we moved from Lebanon in 1975, first year of the Civil War, we get to Montreal. Right away, I got... Uh, you know, uh, acculturated to hockey precisely because the Montreal Habs at the time, the Montreal Canadiens were the biggest team ever. I mean, I think they won like maybe four or five Stanley Cups in a row. And of course, the star player was Guy Lafleur. So at the time when I was 11, 12, 13, 14, you know, I was a big uh, hockey fan. Then when Gretzky came along, uh, you know, I was so mesmerized by how good he was. I, I was. I still hung in there with hockey. But then once kind of Gretzky retired, maybe even if a bit before that, I completely lost my interest in hockey. I couldn't name you two players on the Montreal Canadiens. I could name one, the goalie, Price, and that's it. So unfortunately, Urg, no names. Thank you for your uh, super chat. But I, yeah, I don't know how, I don't know anything about the Canadiens. Uh, George Kamajian. Oh, look at that. We've got... Uh, an Armenian. My wife is Lebanese Armenian. It's not the quantity of dioxide, it's the quality. 200 here is equal. <laughs> well, I, I don't think we need 200. The, the, your, your equation there is off. You, you just need three guys with balls that they can defeat 10,000 castrati. But yes, we're at 295. Uh, you know, I'm sure, by the way, that if I were to promote this, you know, by the way, I've done two so far. This is my second one. I just literally pressed the go live button and we're off and running. Uh, so I'm sure like if I were to now advertise uh, the stream, uh, we'll get a lot more people. But you know what? Let's keep it more intimate. If they didn't find out that I'm on, it's their loss. Screw them. So thank you, George. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. All right. We're getting some good guys. Okay. Uh, okay. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Hold on, guys. I'm getting a lot of people. So I want to... I want to get everybody who, oh my goodness, hold on, guys. But okay. <laughs> okay. Next one, Konstantinos Konst. N O K. I don't know if that's Norwegian uh, thing. Oh, no, that's, I guess, maybe Greek. Best, best greetings from Greece, Professor. Thank you very much for your work. Let me, thank you so much. Most gorgeous place I've ever visited, Greek islands. I mentioned, I think, at the last live stream, went to Athens and five islands. You ready? Corfu, Santorini, Naxos, Crete, and the fifth one, none of you have ever heard, Foligandros. We got into, I, I was traveling with a friend of mine. We were backpacking, got into the little boat. I said, drop us on an island where there are no tourists. He drops us, us uh, drops us off at Foligandros. My goal is to hopefully in the next couple of summers, take the whole family and just go do like a one, two month debauchery in uh, Greece. 
So thank you so much, Konstantinos. Jeff Horton, my goodness, thank you so much for your incredibly generous super chat. I'm a Marine. Can I tell you something, Jeff? I might receive 10 emails from professors from all sorts of fancy universities saying, oh, Dr. Saad, you're my hero. It doesn't equate to when one Green Beret, you know, uh, Navy SEAL, Marine writes to me and says, I love you, man. We love you at my, you know, whatever battalion or division or whatever you guys call it. Uh, that's the kind of guys that I uh, so admire, people who have courage, right? Now, I would love, I wouldn't speak with disdain of academics if they exhibited intellectual courage, right? Marines are exhibiting physical bravery, right? They're putting their lives on the line. Okay, well, how about academics just give us the same thing? Be courageous, be irreverent, speak to people. I'm sitting here Friday. Uh, I said, you know what? I don't want to sit and be depressed that they stole all my money and so on, although I, I do hope to get it back. But they took all my book royalties. You know what? I'm just going to log in. I'm sure that there are some fans who would be happy to chat with me. Let's see what I can get. And here comes Jeff Horton. He doesn't have to support me, and yet you do. You don't have to be a Marine and put your life on the life, and, it, and you do. So my hat's off to you. If guys like you weren't around, around, around to protect guys like me so that I can be, so I can freely speak, then we'd all be speaking some other language, maybe German, maybe Russian. So cheers, Mr. Horton. Lawrence Reddy, thank you so much for your super chat. Always great listening to you guys. When are you finally going to make a podcast with that? Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you telling me you don't know that Nassim's already been on my show? Get your life in order, son. Focus properly on the things that matter. Go back to my inventory and check out our chat. We had a fantastic chat. But what I can definitely say is that he's long overdue for a repeat chat. So let me put that on the list. Uh, I actually spoke to him on the phone. He was in Lebanon about 10 days ago. He's doing well. <laughs> he's uh, He can be fiery. He can be erratic. I mean, not with me, but with others. But uh, he's got a good mind. So thank you so much, Lawrence. Let me move to good mother. Thank you so much. Well, hello. How can... Someone get a great thinker such as yourself to come and speak at Texas A&M in Texas. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you a story. Uh, I don't know. By the way, this is called the Iran. It's not milk. It's Iran is a Lebanese drink. It's like a type of yogurt, but that's very salty. Cheers. A few years ago, I was invited to do a speaking tour. Uh, in Lubbock, Texas, uh, I guess that's Texas Tech, then Texas A&M, good mother, then University of Texas, Austin. So I had a whole bunch of schools that I was doing uh, as part of a Texas tour. I think I was on sabbatical that year. Uh, so then, so the first stop was in Lubbock. I was giving a big talk there. And then in the morning, I get the, all these panicky talks. Uh, Dr. Todd, I think we're going to have to cancel your talk. We're going to have to cancel I thought, okay, I don't know, is it the woke thing? Is it some people, you know, uh, you know, demonstrating against me, which, you know, I don't really get too much of that. Who, who, who could demonstrate against this? Who could deplatform this face? Look at this. Look at this facial feature. Look at that structure. I mean, God damn. I mean, I look at myself, I'm falling in love. Yes, I'm kidding. No, I'm not narcissistic. It's self-deprecating. I'm joking. Okay. Anyways, uh, I said, oh, we have to cancel. I said, why? I said, oh, the, the weather. 
I said, so I look out the window. I, I don't see anything. I said, well, what weather? Is there going to be a tornado? What's happening? I said, well, no, the snow. Everything shut down. There was literally about this much snow. I mean, I don't think it made half an inch. I said, we're shutting down all of Texas because of half an inch of snow. I'm from Montreal. We, we, the, the city goes on if, if we're buried under 90, 900 feet of snow. And so what ended up happening, I got stuck in Lubbock for the entire week. No flights out. The Texas A&M trip was canceled. The University of Texas Austin trip was canceled. So you should have come to the University of Texas Austin where I was until yesterday and you could have seen me. So who do we need to bug? Probably psychology department. Could be behavioral biology. Could be the business school. Make them invite me and I'll be back. So thank you so much, Good Mother, for that uh, uh, donation, the Super Chat donation, and also for your lovely and kind words. Iroquois12, where would one start? Thank you so much for your Super Chat. Where would one start in revitalizing their culture? I'm a Navajo man who grew up in the West, and I'm very appreciative how since rise, but I felt like return of my chair is warranted. Look, uh, I hear you. I'm Lebanese. I love the Arabic language. I love Arab, uh, you know, Lebanese food. I'm proud of my culture, notwithstanding what happened to us in Lebanon. We had to flee for our lives. Uh, but I'm proud of my, well, proud. I mean, it's being Lebanese Jewish is part of my identity. The languages that I speak, Arabic, Hebrew, the way I look comes from my heritage. So I can be proud of my heritage while also super, you know, uh, transcending those, you know, uh, cultural and religious heritage by defending foundational universal principles. So there is nothing wrong with you being proud of your Navajo uh, background, but then don't give us the bullshit. I mean, I know you're not, but I'm speaking generically about indigenizing knowledge. No, there is no indigenizing knowledge. There is an inherent richness in Navajo culture, which, hey, I want to learn about, and it's gorgeous. And we're all richer for intermingling, intermingling amongst cultures. But there is no Lebanese Jewish way of knowing. And there is no Navajo way of knowing. There's the scientific method way of knowing. Hence, that's exactly what I talk about in the parasitic mind, which I hope you all go out and get a copy if you haven't yet. Uh, if, you're, you know, if, if you don't want to fund my work through the Super Chat, you could and or go and get a, another copy of the parasitic mind or go gift it to your... <laughs> daughter or son going to college because believe me they're going to need it let me tell you it's it's worse than you think i receive the emails every day from my university it's insane but in any case so of course return to the navajo way enjoy it celebrate it be proud of your heritage but always know that more than the things that differentiate us are the things that uh we share in common one of which is these foundational principles, meritocracy, the scientific method, individual dignity, uh, presumption of innocence. They are these foundational, absolute values, deontological values that I don't give a damn where you're from and what your background is. They transcend our cultural, religious, ethnic, racial heritage. So go for it, uh, but always recognize that you must uh, defend human universals. All right, next. EUP, that's me. Thank you so much for your donation. I see parallels between Deschardins, Newsphere, the Global, and some of your ideas. You'll, you'll have to tell me specifically what they are because I, I have no idea who Deschardins, Newsphere is. No clue. I mean, I'm guessing the Global Hive Consciousness, it sounds almost like the collective uh, conscious uh, argument uh, of uh, Jung, 
which of course is rooted in you know a a cultural transmission that is evolutionary based and so if that's what you mean that there is a link then i can see i can see how that would be the case uh pat stedman's polish passport oh my god thank you so much for your generosity professor first heard of you not through rogan but another youtuber that goes by the swimming role your thoughts on the tinder swindler and his victims are they really you know it's so interesting you say this i watched that for those of you who don't know the tinder swindler is this guy who kind of goes on uh tinder convinces women that he's this super successful you know israeli guy uh he puts pictures of him you know in a private jet on a yacht and this and then they fall in love with him and then he starts smack, uh, scamming them out of all their money uh look i think uh they 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 are conned by him because they are so attracted by his resources so in the same way that men when who are otherwise perfectly eloquent and intelligent can become imbeciles when they are in the presence of a beautiful woman uh this is i think what happens to uh the the the, the female mind when she is in the presence of the equivalent of the beautiful woman which is the guy who is exhibiting cues of very high social status and so rather than taking the cues that suggest this guy seems to be a real creep a real fraudster a real bullshitter they they uh uh shut off those signals because they just want to believe that he's the prince who's going to rescue them so, and and I'm not blaming the victim here I'm not saying well they deserve what they what they got because you know they should have known better no but uh, when I look at the guy the second that I hear him speak maybe because I'm attuned to his bullshit israeli stuff uh I I look at this guy he's a little weasel I mean he's got as but as much uh, sexual charisma as uh you know the guy who owns 58% of my book Justin Trudeau or Justine Trudeau uh but yet he's in a private jet and the ladies love the high status so yeah i highly recommend for those of you who uh, haven't watched it incredible uh, story by the way i had a group of students this semester who studied personality traits that are predictive of susceptibility to online scams uh, so right up the alley of that uh, uh, swinder tinder whatever the name was okay kick jack another uh, thank you so much a, a researcher thanks for living in puerto rico also ask what friends here about those they hire to handle their money hire them yeah and now watch what happens if i hire them i transfer my money to their account and then i become the story on the show american greed So not only the Quebec Canadian government steal all my money whatever is left then goes to the guy who's handling my money in the Cayman Islands. You know what? Life is can be so ugly. All I love to do is create knowledge, disseminate knowledge. I'm sitting here Friday afternoon chatting with a bunch of people who actually wish to hang out with me. I'm I'm honored that you would shoot you could do many things in life yet you're here with me. So thank you for that. Uh but life people can be so ugly. you know my my mother used to always tell me and i i mentioned in chapter 1 of the parasitic mind god the world is not comprised of your purity bubble the world is ugly and i used to think no people are ah oh, you know purity and honesty and integrity and then the more as the old expression says uh plus je connais les gens mieux j'aime mon chien the more i know people uh the more i love my dog I think I might agree with that. 
Kevin Lorenzo, thank you so much. I will be in Montreal June 15th, 20th. It would be a dream to meet you. Will you treat me for a cup? Will I treat you? It, okay, hold on a second. So, so it's not, hey, Dr. Saad, can I treat you to the fanciest steakhouse? Because it would be an honor to spend time with you. It's, can I treat you out? Somebody's got to learn their etiquette. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll be here. Actually, I think we will be leaving. Uh, I'm not exactly sure when my kids finish school. Uh, we often will end up going to Southern California. So it probably coincides around then when we'll be leaving or shortly thereafter. So probably won't work in terms of scheduling. But tons of people meet me in the street every day. Tons and tons of people always stop and say hello. Uh, so I hope we can meet you, see each other. Uh, but thank you very much for your lovely uh, super chat. Dan Shaman. Is that? I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. Montreal-based Aussie. Uh, Australia. So Greek islands. I said one of the most beautiful places I've been to. Australia. I spent seven weeks. Australia, New Zealand. Cairns, Brisbane, Adelaide, Melbourne, Kangaroo Island, Sydney. Did it all. But only on the East Coast and Victoria State. Not West Coast, not center. Loved it. I would have moved to Australia if it wasn't almost as shitty in terms of taxes as Quebec and Canada. Uh, my girlfriend introduced me to you a year ago. A year ago. Come on, man. Get your life together. I had a progressive AOC mindset, but it's changing. I love it. I, I get invigorated by knowing that somebody was completely parasitized by shit. And then... Look at that. You're redeemable. You grow up. You realize that AOC's ideas are the ideas of a three-year-old, the utopia. Let's all kumbaya. Let's have solar mills that power our fighter jets. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Solar mills. And so then we grow up and we get out of our progressive utopian stage. So I am delighted, Dan, that you've come around and I'm, I'm delighted if I was able to contribute in your transformation, your ideological transformation. Sean Bodach. Bodach, is that right? Or Boda? Are Canadian conservatives basically center-left Americans? You know, I hate those kinds of labels. I mean, I guess so. Uh, people who always ask me, what are you? Are you conservative? Are you liberal? Uh, I, I never answer this question uh, in a straightforward way, not because I'm trying to be coy, but because I genuinely don't buy into all this nonsense of uh, being tribal towards one camp or another. You ask me about the death penalty or about immigration, you would think I'm super conservative. You ask me about transgender and gay rights, you would think I'm the most socially liberal. I take issue by issue piecemeal, and, and then I present a position based on, you know, evidence and logic. And so, you know, I, I hate those kinds of, uh, you know, pigeonholing uh, things. But yeah, I guess conservative, yeah, center left, or maybe... Some, you know, some, depending on the strain of how conservative they are, they could be slightly center-right. But yeah, overall, they'd be kind of centrist. Would love to hear your thoughts on Quebec's Bill 96. Keep, oh, I lost people. Hold on one second. I want to make sure that I don't lose anybody who donated. Hold on a second, guys. So handsome. Thank you, Jenny. Uh, hold on. I want to go back to the one. Michael Arturo. Hold on. I'm coming back to you. Roll uh, one second, guys. One sec. I would love to hear your thought. Remind me again about what is Quebec Bill 
96. Forgive me. I, I'm, I'm showing my ignorance because I, I get so many bills thrown at me and weigh in on this and, uh, you know, testify on this and consult on this. So I'm, I'm ashamed to say that I can't remember which one uh, is Bill 96, the 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 French uh, CJEP bill or it's not the secular bill. I don't remember the number. So apologies. If I see you responding here, I'll try to be on the lookout for it uh, and I'll try to answer. Uh, otherwise, I'm sorry. I don't. Or I could let you know what. Let me just let me just quickly look here. Bill, Bill ninety six, Bill ninety six, Quebec. Let me just see. See, this is how much I, I love. Uh, uh, oh yeah, respecting French the official to strengthen Bill one one. That's the one that I thought exactly. Uh, so the part that I know about Bill ninety six is the one whereby they're making it even more difficult to go to English CJEPs. English CJEPs, for those of you who don't know, in, in Quebec we have a unique university um, educational system. You finish high school in grade eleven, then you go to college, which is not the same meaning as college in the U.S. You go to college uh, for two years, you get a separate degree; it's a college degree. Then you go to university, which is the undergrad, the bachelor's degree. And so now, uh, Bill ninety six is trying to strengthen bill 101 bill 101 was the original bill draconian uh you know rather fascist bill came out i think what is it 1976 or it was around uh rené levesque the premier of quebec who was very much of a french separatist quebec separatist whereby there's always this insecurity that you know the french language is going to be swallowed by the big english monster in quebec and so they put up all of these draconian linguistic police measures oh by the way much of the royalties that are stolen from me is so that people can go around making sure that when there is a sign in English and French, the French sign is in bigger font than the English signs. So I write an international best-selling book that's sold around the world. I, I, I win the, the author lottery, meaning that the one in a million book that is this successful. So therefore, hey, I've made it. I worked hard all my life. My ideas, my brain, my neurons. And then they say, hey, 58% for us, so that we could then implement things like Bill 96. Uh, I detest this kind of stuff. Uh, cultures are cultures die and are spawned. Languages die and are spawned. Latin is no longer a spoken language. Sanskrit is no longer a spoken language. I don't mean to imply that I wish for French to die. I love French. I learned French before I learned English. I speak fluent French. But I don't think that we should be protecting French by... Uh, violating fundamental principles of liberty. So I hate all that shit. All right, next. Doubting Thomas, thank you so much for your thing. What do you think are the big unanswered questions in evolutionary psychology? Well, many. Uh, for example, uh, one that I may or may not have mentioned, it's not one of the big questions of evolutionary psychology, but it's an application of evolutionary psychology. What are the evolutionary, What is the evolutionary explanation for homosexuality? And there have been several interesting, albeit speculative explanations that have been offered none of which have uh, borne the brunt of evidence yet. Uh, the most uh, common one that has been used to explain uh, the persistence of homosexuality within a population is based on something called kin selection. Uh, and it's not a very good one. Uh, I think, you know, one of the fertile areas of evolutionary psychology, uh, from my perspective, is it's seeing it now being applied in a greater number of applied fields. How do we apply evolutionary psychology in designing better legal systems, in designing better law? How do we apply 
uh, evolutionary principles in architecture? How do we apply evolutionary psychology in um, housing the business school in uh, understanding economic decision making or consumer behavior uh, or uh, personnel psychology uh, or, or, you know, how do hormones affect uh, uh, financial traders' behavior? So I think one of the uh, interesting areas uh, next for evolutionary psychologists is to unlock the, the applicability of evolutionary psychology in new practical domains. I think that's really one of the exciting areas. Uh, but that said, though, there are many, uh, you know, unanswered questions at the more theoretical uh, level. Uh, you know, how do you uh, link uh, an understanding of, say, brain imaging, evolutionary cognitive neuroscience? How do we apply cognitive neuroscience and link it to evolutionary principles? That that marriage is one that some people are starting to work on, uh, but there's a lot more work to be done. So there's a lot. I think one of the things that I've been calling for is that we need to kind of move away from, you know, that the 9,873rd study on the evolutionary roots of human mating. Yes, there's still a lot to learn about the, the evolved roots of human sexuality, but that's where many evolutionary psychologists have built their career because, of course, mating is a key Darwinian drive, and therefore it's easy to take evolutionary principles and apply it to the most fundamental Darwinian reality, which is sex. Uh, but there are so many places we could be applying evolutionary principles. And, that, and and my career has been exactly that, right? So I've published papers in medicine and economics and politics and marketing and psychology and evolution, all of which are related, are linked via the application of the evolutionary lens. And so I think that's the next place. So thank you for that question, Downing Thomas. Uh, Kick Jack, uh, oh, thanks again for another uh, lovely uh, super chat donation. Rolo Tomasi admires your work, wants you on his show. Also, would you go on Rekiata Law? Rolo Tomasi, I only know of him because several people have made that comment. So in that sense, I know who he, who he is. I I mean, he is only through this kind of thing. I've never watched his show or anything. Look, if he's got a, a nice platform and so on, and if schedule permits, I'm trying to take a bit of a hiatus these days, this summer, because I want to finish, wrap up my next book, A Recipe for the Good Life. I hope that you guys will check it out. Uh, so... You know, we'll see. Uh, Rekieta Law, I have no idea who he is. Uh, let him reach out to me. And if it works out, uh, my people will get in touch. So thank you for that. Gilles Maman, uh, thank you so much for your uh, super chat donation. Hi, Habibi. Look at you using the Arabic words. Big fan. Thank you. How would you invest someone to try to manage their technology? I'm addicted to my phone tech and it's fried my attention span. As far as you are used. Thank you. Uh, uh, look, you could just set up some behavioral, you know, specificity is the key to behavioral change. Just that, what I just said has already gotten your money's worth, right? What do I mean by that? If I go to a all-you-can-eat vacation and I say, I plan on not overeating because I don't want to come back having put on weight. That's bullshit because... How do I instantiate that goal of not putting on weight at an all-you-can-eat buffet every day? Well, here's what I can do. I could say, I will never eat more than one plate in any seating. Now, the, the plate might be filled up this much, which, of course, wouldn't be a good idea. But by simply incorporating behavioral specificity to my amorphous objective, I'm already doing something 
that's much better, which is, you know, I know that I could never go back for seconds. So you better make that one plate count. And already, okay. So, so what can you do in terms of your technology addiction? Okay. Never, ever, ever, when you're sitting at the table, have your phone with you. That's a rule. You cannot violate it. If you violate it, imagine your head explodes. I never go to a cafe and I'm sitting with my family and I check my phone. Once I'm with you, you're my full focus, right? I mean, imagine I go on Joe Rogan. By the way, if you guys haven't seen our chat, I think you'd enjoy it. I just was on earlier this week, had a great time with him. Uh, when you're sitting with someone, you don't want to be checking your phone, right? I'm focused on you now. I'm, I'm checking who's writing to me. I'm seeing all your lovely comments, right? I'm focused. I'm tuned in. I'm not on my phone. So I think what you need to do is say, okay, let me set up a few behavioral rules and then be disciplined to follow them. If you just say, I need to reduce my addiction, that's bullshit. How, how can I instantiate that? I don't know what that means, right? If you say, for example, every week when I get that final countdown of uh, whatever the, the status, how many hours I spent per day, I need to see it down. So for example, I've instituted a strategy many years ago now, I think it's been at least three years maybe, where I don't check my emails to the best of my abilities on weekends. So Friday, five o'clock, I never check my emails again. Nothing. Okay. Now that's not behave. That's not you know technology addiction, but I mean it is in a form in a sense, right? I'm not checking my emails 37 times a day because then that doesn't allow my cortisol levels to taper off. It doesn't allow me to create distance from the fact that every second 10,000 people are going like this to me. When I turn off that that email on Friday. I'm protected by the weekend. In a sense, Shabbat, for the Jews that are listening here, or and not, even if you're not Jewish, uh, the, the ancient rituals of adhering to, uh, to the Sabbath, they have very earthly values, never mind that if God prescribed them or not, because it's creating that focus. During Shabbat, there's no technology, there's no turning on electricity, there's no, there's no work, there's no this. All of these things are creating a pause button on the chaos of your life and saying, be in the moment. Now, you can package that prescription within a divine you know, uh, umbrella, or it's a very intelligent, earthly prescription. So behavioral, plus, uh, behavioral uh, specificity will get you far, Monsieur Maman. Thank you so much. Uh, Austin Holmberg. Oh, thank you so much for your fantastic... Um, uh, super chat contribution. May this go towards your exodus from the people you truly need your money because they're the paragons. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate it. But even as I look at your lovely and generous donation, I go, wait a minute. I'm sitting here. I built a community with my fans. They read my book. They watched my show. And the, the $30 that this person whom I don't even know, it takes a lot of generosity. You say, hey, look, I, I love what you're doing and I want to support you. That $30 doesn't just go to me. More, most of that $30 goes to the government. What? I mean, how could it be so unjust and immoral? Should there not be a limit to how much you tax for me? Let's say I've already paid $100,000 of taxes, which by the way, I paid more. Isn't there a point at which you say it is immoral to tax an individual more than that? It doesn't matter how much money I make, even Elon Musk. Why should he pay $12 billion of taxes. He gets the same service as the rest of us. He gets the same 
benefits I'm driving on the road. He gets the same military protection. So, okay, I need to pay more, fine. But is it unlimited? If my book sells 20 million copies, I give it all to you. If it sells 10 million copies, it still goes all to you. Makes no sense. And I hope that one day there'll be a huge reformation of the time. Look, beyond just that it has attacked my ability to retire, that they've stolen all my money. I mean, really, I can't even believe I'm saying this. People would be driven to suicide for what happened to me for a lot less. Is this the way you want to organize society? Do you want to be punishing the people who are contributing the most? But by whatever most means, because they are the greatest architects or the greatest business people or the, or the hardest working physicians or the best-selling authors. Do you not also want to protect those people? Do they not have a right to live with full dignity in your country without you looking at them as victims to be raped and sucked dry of all their earnings? I made that money from my firings. It's unbelievable. Forgive me for ranting about this. I'm not even sure I can ever get over this. Believe me, I was like in a depressive suicidal state. I mean, for me to say those words, it's it's big because no one loves life as much as I do. I, I love just sitting here doing this. I love that there are 300 people who just want to sit and hang out and connect. I love it. But I, I also love to be left alone. I also love that I don't have a mafia. The mafia extorts 3% protection tax. The government extorts 58%. Who's the biggest criminal? Anyways, thank you so much, Austin. I truly do appreciate your generosity. We love you. Thank you. Uh, what evolutionary function does envy serve? I have a paper on sex differences in envy. It, has, it was never published, but I've written an article about that, so you can go check it out. Michael Arturo, no question asked, no comment, just donated. You're very kind. I truly, truly appreciate it. Let me make sure I'm going very... Louis... Thank you so much. It seems only humans evolved an impulse for revenge. Are there scientific theories about the evolutionary urge of... Oh, yes. I, of course, that's fantastic. Uh, look, uh, revenge is an adaptive emotion. Why? Well, think about the taxes. One of the things that's killing me is that I can't set it straight. Right? Think about it. If you come and you do something wrong to my family, think about the revenge movies. Right? Think about Charles Bronson when he goes out and starts cleaning all the streets after his daughter is brutally raped and his wife is killed. 1974 movie, Death Wish, which I can't believe that I was in Paris visiting my brother at the time from Lebanon. And my, my father thought, hey, or I think I was with my father. Uh, hey, here's a great idea. Let's take a 10-year-old boy to a movie where the daughter is raped really viciously. I think that's a really nice idea for a 10-year-old guy to see. Uh, it, it, I mean, that movie traumatized me. But in any case, uh, well, what happens with revenge? The reason why bad guys out there don't come to me and do something bad to me is because they know that I am armed with the emotional apparatus called revenge, which says that if you do something bad to me and I have also big guys that are with me, then there's going to be a tit for tat. So what keeps human sociality in check and with its dangers is that we've evolved a set of emotional systems that are adaptive so that we can live among conspecifics, including if you do something wrong to me, and if it's really egregious, you better watch your back, and that maybe might stop you from doing that to me. And so there are all sorts of compelling reasons for why revenge would have evolved, and I, I hope that uh, that's in, in, in congruence with your theory. Uh, so, yeah, 
revenge is a is a is a good idea. Uh, now, of course, revenge is a dish best served cold, which of course means sometimes that you don't have to be impulsive. Sit back, wait, wait it out, and that's what's killing me about the taxes because I'm a man of action. I'm a man who traces his own trajectory. I don't give a shit about what people think. I do what I want to do when I want to do it, right? I'm not impolite. I'm diplomatic. I'm, I'm gracious. I'm sociable. But I trace my own trajectory. So to have an anonymous government who has literally these two boxes in my bank account, I mean, literally, Quebec government, Canadian government, I click, click them and just transfer all my books royalties to them, and I can't do anything about it. I can't fight you for it. You could have a long queue of uh, guys who are about to anally rape me. And I go, no, no, please, please, please don't use lube. Just go at it, boys. Okay? And there is nothing I can do as revenge. That's what's eating away at me. Michael Arturo. Oh, thank you for coming back. Is it possible that memes are antibodies to mind viruses? Well, memes could be, this is, we're going now to Richard Dawkins, right? 1976, the selfish meme. He introduces uh, the the selfish gene, excuse me. He he introduces the concept of a meme as the cultural analog to the gene, right? So in the same way that genes propagate, memes propagate. What are memes? Memes could be beliefs, right? So a religion is a memeplex. It's It's a complex interweb of memes that are linked together into a belief system. Well, memes could be positive, positively valenced. They could be neutral valenced, or they can be negatively valenced. That's why I draw a very clear distinction between memes, which I cite in the parasitic mind, and the concept of a neuroparasite. That's different. That's negative to the host. Okay? So, yeah, I mean, depending on what the mind virus is and depending on what the meme is, then then yeah, the model could be exactly what you're saying. But I mean, that's what I'm saying in the parasitic mind, right? There is a set of paras- neuroparasites and then there's a way by which you could inoculate yourself against these uh, brain parasites. So I'm not using a mimetic framework. I'm using a neuroparasitological framework. Thank you for that question, Michael. So handsome. Look at you, Jenny. Uh, Jenny, my wife is in the next room. She might get jealous at that, but no, thank you. That's very kind of you. God, do you ever face scrutiny from CBSA? I don't know what that is, the, the, the border. Sorry, I'm going to stick to to my super chat, guys. You want me to answer your questions? You got to you gotta tit for tat, reciprocity, people. Rasmus said, I'm sure I totally destroyed your name. My deep apologies. Uh, any good Lebanese dishes you could recommend? Oh, my goodness. No kidding. Absolutely. Uh, there's all the usual ones. Uh, you know, the ones that everybody would know, shishtawuk and shawarma and hummus. It's hummus. It's hummus. It's not hamas. It's not hamas. It's not hummus. It's hummus. If you don't pronounce it properly, don't effing eat it. I despise this hummus. It's hummus. All right? Uh, but if you want sort of the non-traditional stuff that most of you wouldn't know, mluchiye. And you could go on my wife's channel. She has a YouTube channel, which was really starting to take off. And then she decided that she didn't want to do it. You know, she, you know, She's very private and so on. Even though you don't see her face, you only see, hear her voice. She did, I think, 10 or 12, 11 clips that were starting to get some uh, views. She was getting a lot of subscribers. On one of those shows, 
there's you know how to make mluchiye. That's one of my favorite dishes. Another great dish is mughrabiye. Uh, is very good. Fasulia is very good. Uh, for those of you who are Lebanese, you'll know what these are. So there are a lot of you know indigenous, very cultural, you know Lebanese dishes that are not the things that you would see in the typical you know Lebanese restaurant. That's like 0.01% of the Lebanese dishes. Lebanese food is truly uh, amazing, not because I'm Lebanese, because it's very much the Mediterranean diet. And we know from, from uh, epidemiological evidence that, you know, the healthiest diet is certainly the Mediterranean one. So all sorts of great dishes. But by the way, this right here, Ayran, amazing to drink. Whenever you feel depleted in terms of dehydrated and so on, you've, you've trained a lot, you drink a glass of Ayran, it's kind of like a salty yogurt, and it just revitalizes you. All right, let's move on. Honest mistake. Thank you so much. Great to see you online, Professor. May I ask your thoughts on the future of Twitter and social media, what that means for society? Yes, thank you. Well, if you mean Twitter, kind of the Elon Musk, as you guys know now, there's been a little kink in his attempt to to purchase uh, Twitter. I don't know if it's because Tesla lost a lot of stock value. I, I don't know the details. Uh, but look, uh, there needs to be some kind of autocorrective mechanism where all this nonsense stops all of the deplatforming and the you know we want to be monitoring misinformation and disinformation and the false news there is no such thing okay the the market of information is an autocorrective process there is no ministry of truth it is antithetical to everything that a free society should be about don't give me the bullshit about don't talk about freedom of speech dr sad because these are private companies because then you, sh- you don't deserve to be on this live stream. I've already explained this in the parasitic mind. Freedom of speech is an ethos that should make its way to every nook and cranny of society. So if companies are who are now controlling all of the flow of information that we are exposed to are acting like uh, dictatorial with their which information is allowed to be seen or not, then it doesn't require strictly the government to infringe on your freedom of speech for you to be worried about their behavior. You are truly an imbecile if you ape that, right? Uh, Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and uh, the rest of the, the com- those companies have more power over our informational landscape than all dictators in human history combined, Right. So they truly shape everything. They they so much shape everything that they could kill the story about Hunter Biden's laptop on Twitter so that 10 percent of the people who voted for Biden would not have done so had they known about it. That's one estimate that came out. And then Trump would have won. Now, that you may not be happy about that. But if you care about the integrity of the democratic process, you don't want that. And so what what is my what do I think is my future uh, honest mistake? That's the name of the handle. Uh I think that if we can correct the flow of information, we'll be good. If not, we're just going to sink further and further into the abyss of lunacy. Thank you for your uh, super chat tip. And thank you for uh, your question. Sue, love your thoughts. You are amazing. Oh, aren't you sweet? Thank you so much. Uh, Guys, are we preferring me like this? Just like that? I look a bit tired. I think it's because it was a very intense trip, Austin. Uh, brutally honest Kakukanukistani okay just a little something to thank you for all your hard work you are lovely my fellow Kanukistani Uh, I truly appreciate it thank you very 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 much 
let's keep going. Let's keep those questions and comments uh, going. Did I answer everybody so far? I don't think so. Oh, no, I just got a whole bunch here. Let me go back a second. Uh, no need. Oh, hold on a second. I'm just make how many may book? Oh, apostate. Okay, apostate prophet. Look at you. Hold on a second. I'm going to come back to you. I just want to make sure I didn't miss anybody. I'm, I'm going back. Okay, hold on a second. I'm a veteran. I, I just, I'm, I'm so paranoid about missing anybody uh, because I know that last time I tried to kind of answer everybody's question, irrespective of whether they were uh, super chatted or not. And I know that, of course, I should be uh, super, you know, speaking to the super chat people first. Hold on a second, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm going back as far as I can to make sure that I've covered everybody. What was the last one that I just mentioned? I think it was the Kukistani one. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I should be doing it this way. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's it. I just got cookies tiny, so I'm now scrolling down. Bear with me. Bear with me. Uh, okay. EUP, that's me. Next time you're in the Fresco area, hit me up. We'll do lunch. My treat. <laughs> Thank you. What if you're a serial killer? What if you are someone who is who wants to take me into a cellar and just have 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 at me, just like the Quebecan government are? For every year since I've been a taxpayer, but none more so than this year when the royalties of my books came in. I'll need to know more about you before I accept that lovely invitation. But hey, who knows? Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I, I People are so lovely, so kind. Andreas Afe, thank you so much. No question or comment, but a little donation. You are lovely. Cars in depth. Jewish prohibition on tattoos and scarf has to do with their use in idolatrous religion. Obviously, somebody. Okay, got you. Okay, so that's... Uh, it's in addition to, I think, what I might have said, right? Or is it instead of? In any case, I appreciate your additional comment. This was, for those of you who just joined us, we were talking about, uh, uh, you know, uh, tattoos and why they are prohibited in the Jewish faith. You can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery if you are tattooed. Kickjack. Rekiata Law is a, oh, thank you for coming back with another five bucks, uh, is a 1776 Low to no tax, small government lawyer giving a walloping to left and right. His school with Viva Frey. Ask Viva to get you on that show. Got you. Okay. Well, Viva is has become a good friend of mine. Uh, we had coffee together a few weeks ago. He's also a Montrealer. Uh, so I'll certainly ask him. Weaponized autism. Message retracted. Okay. Well, thank you for your lovely uh, donation. VI. There are many ideological conflicts which are tearing our society apart. I was wondering if you could resolve this one. Cruyff or Maradona? Are you serious? Hands down, not even close. Johan Cruyff wins that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. 1974, I'm a 10-year-old boy in Lebanon. The great Dutch team with all the guys with the long hair and the rolled-down sock. The Dutch team playing total football. Sorry to bore some of you who are not to soccer, but he's asking this question. He's a super chat donor. I have to respect their time and their question. I'm watching Germany versus the Netherlands in the final. And I'm a gigantic. Johan Cruyff was my idol growing up as a young boy who, who loved soccer. Or, of course, as its proper name is football. And uh, I, 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 was, I was devastated as a young boy when the Germans beat them. As Gary, I think it was Gary Lineker who said, oh, you want to know what the definition and rules of football are? Uh Two teams play and then the Germans win or something like that. Uh, 
because the Germans are, they never quit. They play, they could be down 4-0 and they could win 5-4 when there was three minutes left in the game. So yes, Johan Cruyff is a much more complete player than Maradona. Maradona was great, but Maradona was stratospheric for about three, four years. So for the year of the World Cup, 86, he had a great World Cup. And because the World Cup is such an episodic memory, if you play incredibly well during that World Cup and you're crappy the rest of your life, but you're still lionized, right? Because it becomes part of your episodic memory trace. So yes, he took, he played for Napoli. He did some great things with them, but he basically had three years of really stratospheric, you know, where he was amazing. Messi has had 17 years where every year he's played at a higher level than Maradona. So Maradona is great. He was, you know, very stylish player. Only one foot, by the way. Uh, you can't be such a great player and be completely useless with your right foot. So Johan Cruyff, hands down, not even close. Okay, let's move on to other. Marion Howe, just tuning in. Hi, thank you so much, Marion. Very, very sweet of you. E EUP, that's me. Many individuals are leaf nodes on the tree of life. Perhaps being born with this information means evolution meant to be one. I'm not... There's no question there, so thank you for your thoughts and thank you for your uh, lovely donation. Let's keep it going. Seth, I'm a veteran and a student. I wonder if I could email you and maybe schedule a one-on-one. -on -one. I can't promise because just, just to say I receive you know, hundreds and hundreds of these, and if I did that, then I would be doing nothing but that all day long. And if certainly people did not monetize my time, I would be doing nothing but that all day long for free. So it's a bit difficult. So email me, let me know what it's about, and then maybe we can see what we can work out. But thank you so much for your thing. And thank you for your service as a veteran. Uh, I don't know if you're a veteran in Canada or the US, but to me, it doesn't matter. If you're a veteran, that means you're putting to put, you're willing to put your life on the life on the line to protect some foundational values. So thank you for that. Uh, JP Ventura, do you think that Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp trial will be divided and how family court convictions being done in North America? I don't know about all that. I don't know if I don't know if the downstream consequences are that great. We briefly touched, we meaning Joe and I briefly touched on that trial. I haven't been following it closely, but we were kind of talking about the dynamics between them. I think the what came across from my conversation with Joe is that uh Joe uh knows Johnny Depp and he he was vouching to you know what a lovely guy Johnny Depp is. And so from Joe's perspective, and I, I can't confirm uh this or not, but uh, Joe thought that, you know, she's basically, you know, the reincarnation of Lucifer. And, you know, he's just a lovely kind of hapless guy who, who, you know, was being abused by her. I don't know all those details. She does strike me as a bit of a malignant narcissist. Uh, I think that it, I, I mentioned this, I think I mentioned it on Joe Rogan's show. Uh, I think it was the perfect, uh, you know, the oil with the fire or whatever the expression is, uh, mixing oil with fire. Because she is the jealousy inducing kind of femme fatale right he is the guy who's 30 years older than her therefore he's lost a step or two and therefore he's he it is inducing jealousy in him she's not someone who's assuaging his jealousy rather she probably is trying to trigger his jealousy all day long so it becomes this kind of pathological fest of jealousy and i beat you and i saw you looking at him and you want to sleep with him and she hits him and it's just an incredibly unhealthy thing. So I can't talk about how this will affect, uh, you know, other cases downstream. Uh, I'm not sufficiently versed in that. But certainly the dynamics between them from the little that I know, it's not a, it wasn't a pretty, 
relationship. Uh, tossing a coin plus one for the Rolo Tomasi. Okay, well, I, I, I don't think I've ever had as many requests to go on someone's show more than this guy whom I don't know. You know, but okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, oh, dear God, why do you a good, a good-looking academic, a good-looking? Sorry, sorry, sorry. An exceptionally, outlandishly good-looking academic, apostate prophet. Please use the proper adjectives when describing something as majestic as this. Look at this. Look at it. Uh, why do you not wear a hijab? <laughs> you know what? You're absolutely right. As you know, both both Apostate Prophet and I are strong, feverish supporters of the Islamic religion because it's a beautiful religion. It's a noble religion. It's a religion that loves everybody, but especially gay Jews who walk black dogs. They love those. Uh, we both agree that, you know, uh, with the Islamic tenet, that the reason why you've got to erase the identity of women is so that because they are they are pearls that need to be covered and protected. So by putting a woman in a burqa, it's actually liberating them from the male gaze. This is actually literally true, though they say. And so I agree with you. In a just and fair world, I would be put in a burqa because this causes marital instability and. Uh, sinful thoughts so let's talk about putting me in a burqa thank you so much good to see you here apostate prophet and and by the way if you guys haven't seen my appearance on his show this guy's fantastic we were able to finally connect i went on his show i've not he hasn't been on my show yet i haven't forgotten that you're supposed to come on my show uh, apostate prophet uh go check out our chat on his and please give him a follow phenomenal guy doing some courageous stuff he's an ex-muslim speaking out against uh, the noble religion. So you might want to go check him out. Thank you, Apostate. Uh, how may I give you a book? Manga and JDP. I don't know what I don't know what that means. That's the title of the book. Uh, you could send it to my university address, which is publicly available. You know, one of the things that's so lovely, I mean, to, you know, when you go into the public eye, yes, you get hate mail and there's a lot of pressure in this. There's also tons of love, right? And the, the love that you get includes, I go into my, it's like basically, it's I'm like the Elvis fan club. I go I go into my office, there'll be like 75, you know, packages just from fans sending me things. You know, oh, here's a honey badger knife. Here is a pin. I'm a military guy. Here is a book, uh, whatever. All kinds of incredibly lovely, generous things. So please feel free. I can't promise I'll read it because I received many, many books not just from fans, but from publishers who want to promote their authors. And obviously, I don't sit and read all the books. So if you don't mind that there might be a risk that I don't read it, uh, please go ahead. And if you end up not sending it, I also understand. But just the thought is very kind of you. So thank you for that, JP Ventura. And thank you for uh, the Super Chat donation. Aaron H., no need to read. I'm not watching. Okay. Nomad, ca Nomad Capitalist. Okay. I'll... Uh, I'll do that. Uh, JP Ventura is back. Thank you. How much money do you lose to YouTube or Twitch compared to taxes? Uh, I don't know. This is only my second uh, live stream. I think, I hope I'm not misspeaking. I think I think it's 30% on YouTube. So all of the, the stuff, let's say if I made 200 bucks from this uh, live stream, by the way, J 
just for you to know, I'm not, don't, I'm just being honest with you. When I, my hourly rate, when I do consulting is $1,000 an hour. So if I'm now doing, you know, I'm almost at an hour and a half, it would be $1,500. So believe me, I'm not doing this just so I can make money, but of course it helps when people monetize your time. I could be working on my book. I could be jogging. I could be sitting with my family. I'm sitting here. So if you want to help out, please do. But so, but I think uh, to answer your question, JP Ventura, I think on YouTube for live stream, it's 30%. So there you go. Uh, but it's only my second one. So kick Jack. Thank you again for coming back. God, for those listening, driving, please read out loud the, the chats fully. It throws off the chat for us to go back to find and read what you're responding to. Okay, I thought I was reading them, but okay, I'll make sure to continue reading them. I appreciate the, the feedback. Uh, JP Ventura's back. My goodness. I, I don't know what R5 dollars is. Maybe that means it's only one cent. I hope it's not. Uh, someone used your brain parasite concept into a Legion FX series. Check the loser. Uh, did, did they cite me or they stole it? If they stole it, remind them that theft is not good. Of course, unless if you're the government, in which case you could take 58% of my book royalties. I write the book based on the horrors that I went through in Lebanon, but they get 58% of the proceeds of my brain. That makes sense. But thank you for telling me about that. Uh, maybe you could send me the link or whatever. I don't know what that is. Is it a is it a game, video game? You could maybe email it to me and I can try to check it out. Back Health 101. Why do you feel a sense of genuine fear Sweating, increased heart rate, adrenaline when debating with a socially aggress aggressive feminist. Do you feel this? Oh, why do I feel a sense of genuine fear? You shouldn't feel a sense of genuine fear when you are interacting with a socially aggressive feminist. The only reason why you feel that is because you are overestimating the consequences that that person can wield on you, right? What could they do? What could they angry... Uh, what did you call it? Aggressive, fem socially aggressive feminists do to you nothing. Okay, if you if your principles can be properly defended, well articulated with eloquence and with honey badger ferocity in terms of you know your commitment to those ideas, there's no reason why you should be so fearful of any blue haired uh, Taliban members. All right, let's keep going. Hello, Hassan, I'm a big fan of you. You're a fan of my idols, Talib. Uh, and he said, "Isn't it? What do you think?" Uh, uh, I'm friends. Oh, I don't know what else to say about Talib. I've already spoken about. It. What are your thoughts on interracial dating? Is it good? Uh, whatever happens between the sheet happens between the sheets. Don't care what skin color you are, black, white, yellow, orange, purple. Nothing wrong with any interracial dating. Go for it. Good evening, Doctor Sad. What are some psychological differences between young parents versus older parents? Have a wonderful evening. This is Bartolome Esteban Murillo. I don't know if this is the actual name, but if I'm not mistaken, this is the gentleman who arguably leaves me the most polite, the most gracious, the loveliest, the kindest messages on Twitter publicly. I think it's you. Uh, uh, and if, if it is you, if I'm, if I'm recognizing your name, wow, if everybody were this kind, we would live in such a better world. Uh, what is the difference between young and older parents? Uh, I mean, I don't know. We're older parents in that my, I mean, my wife is 11 years younger than me, uh, but we, this, we, we've been together for 23 years, but yet we own, we have children that are, you know, 13 and under. So we started late by, by choice. I kind of regret it. I would have liked to maybe have had a bigger family. Uh, but, uh, I think we're wiser, right? I think maybe we're inherently more patient, uh, 
you know, I don't know if there are other. So I couldn't, I couldn't answer you from uh, from the scientific literature perspective. I don't know that literature, but just off the top of my head, off the cuff, I would say that you know, maybe being older, having greater experience. I mean, you know, if 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 I'm if I'm 19 and my wife is 17 and we just had a child, the cumulative experiences that we could impart on our children at that age surely can't be like those that we might impart if we have children 20 years later. So my feeling is that much of those differences are going to come from the accumulative wisdom or lack thereof that you may have as a parent, depending on the age you're at. So I think that would be my answer. Uh, Luttrell, I worry that I will find a great mind and not have a good question to ask them. Any ideas on a good question to learn from a great mind? <laughs> okay, so you want me to do the hard work as to what you should be asking me. Uh, how about you just say this? I promise you, Dr. Saad, that through some cosmic justice, you will get back the money that they stole for you, from you for your book royalties. So it's not a question. It's a statement of fact. And hopefully all of you will help me make it happen. Because otherwise, I think one day I'll just jump off a building. Because the, the sense of betrayal, of rape, of violation that I have felt has been truly painful. I experienced the parasitic mind through Audible. It was great, but wish it had been your soothing voice on the recording. Please, no, I, I hear you. Thank you so much. And actually, Joe Rogan reminded me of that. He said you have a, a very deep, sultry voice. It should have been read in your, you know, you should have narrated it. And just again to repeat, I did make that offer to the publisher, but ultimately it is their final decision. So because I don't know if it was because it was during COVID or whatever, they said that they have their in-house narrate, you know narrators and that they were going to go with that i do agree that when someone has uh, you know a public platform the way that i do so that people have bonded with you you know visually and auditorily that it would make a lot more sense for me especially when the book is so personal i'm, I'm telling you about my life growing up in lebanon and facing the hatred of course it's going to sound better when it's in my voice and of course it's much better when you've got the lebanese barry white having the voice that i do but it wasn't my choice to make I do hope that for the next book, uh, we might be able to redress that. But ultimately, please don't get upset at me. It, the final decision for these kinds of decisions is left to the publisher. Michael Arturo, thank you. Thank you. Uh, oh, I just skipped a bunch. I don't know what happened. So let me go back. I'm going back to Michael Arturo. I want to find where he is. Go back. Have you want? Okay. Yeah, okay, here we go. Marion Holtzman, oh, thanks for coming back. Have you watched the new Dinesh D'Souza documentary yet? Thoughts? I already answered that earlier. I was invited to the premiere of 12, 2000 Mules in Florida. Uh, I wasn't able to make it, so I haven't watched it yet, uh, but I plan to. And once I do, you could come back to the next uh, live stream and we can. Uh, I can give you my thoughts, but I don't know yet. Patrick, how many... Uh, <laughs> Uh, how many Harry Kane jerseys do you own, Professor? I'm guessing here you're joking because you know that I don't have great admiration. Harry Kane is a striker who plays for uh, Tottenham Hotspurs, a, a team in the first division, uh, you know, the Premier Division in England, and he also plays for the English national team. Uh, he's got the style of a drunk uh, hippopotamus. 
but he is a very good striker in that he he scores a lot of goals. That's great. He, he does do that. But I like the silky players, the ones who they touch the ball and you have an aesthetic orgasm. Just what you know, Messi. Okay, Johan Cruyff, stylish, beautiful, elegant. They effortlessly glide past players. Harry Kane is a is about as you know effortless as you know Rosanna Barr dancing the tango. Okay. Uh, so how many jerseys do I have? Of my, my whole house is a shrine to how much I love him. No, I have none. But thank you for that question. And thank you for the uh, the donation. All around sounds. Gatsat, thank you for all your work. Please do an interview with Ro for fuck's sake. Okay, we got it. You want me to speak to Rolo Tomasi? I don't know who he is. Got it. It's in my book. If I have time, I'll speak to him. Thank you so much. I appreciate your donation. But... It's probably the number one question that keeps coming up. There comes a point where, you know, the inverted U, too little, not good, too much, no good. I got his name. I'll keep it in mind. If the schedule permits it, I promise I will try to speak to him. Thank you so much, All Around Sounds. Fobef, isn't that disinformation lady Nina Junkovic so bad you just have to concede that God exists? What a gift for anyone opposing a mystery truth. But my question is really about Netflix anti-woke memo. Is the tie turning? Uh, Nina Jankowicz is the one who did that song uh, that was, I don't know if it's from the Sound of Music or whatever. She's extremely creepy. She seems as though she's an escapee from a psychiatric institute. Uh, don't know what else to say about her. 33 years old. She's going to be the truth uh, purveyor. Yeah, that that's going to go well. Uh, certainly your Netflix question is a good one in that I do feel as though the tide is starting to, to turn around. Now, I wonder if there is a high-profile professor who has been leading the march march against the, the super woke for the past 30 years that deserves perhaps a Nobel Prize for all the work that he's done trying to find all, fight all the stuff from the ecosystem of woke central called academia. But no, but to answer your question, I definitely think that uh, I, I want people to be optimistic. I'm starting to definitely see little murmurs here and there that the tide is turning around. Uh, if you want, I'll go all the way to uh, for two hours. So we still have another 27 minutes. Get your super chats in, folks. Please do. Uh, help me feel whole. You don't want to know what they stole from me. You'd have to be giving me a lot of super chat money to make up for what they took. But one of my dreams actually would be for some, you know, super wealthy guy to just contact me and say, you know what, how much did they steal for you from this book? Let me give you a gift, a non-taxable gift that would make up for that. I would still be pissed. I would still want to recoup my money from them. But if there's some kind of cosmic justice, never should an author, and certainly not one who's written the parasitic mind, be left almost financially broke because they took all my money. Anyways, I went to school in Wadi Abu Jmil because my dad's clinic was above Patishi Suisse in Bab Dries and missed those days. Do you see parallels between left's equity system and Lebanese sectarian system? Uh, I, well, first of all, I can't believe you're using all those. By the way, for those of you who don't know, Wadi Abu Jmil, Wadi is like a valley. Okay? Wadi Abu Jmil is the area where the Lebanese Jews lived. It was kind of like the Jewish ghetto. Uh uh, so I'm amazed that you, you know you we have someone here who comes from that area. Uh, of course, there are parallels between the left and uh, Lebanese sectarian system. I mean that I I discuss exactly that in the parasitic mind. So I won't repeat it here. I won't rehash it. If and if you haven't yet 
purchased the Perseg mine, please do so. But I even have a section where I compare uh, Sharia law, which is Islamic law, not only specific to Lebanon, but to, to Islamic societies. Uh, I compare Sharia law to the progressive mindset, and I show the parallel. So it exactly speaks to your question. So yes. Okay. Erg, no names. Favorite Italian football player of all time. Ooh, 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 that's a good one. First of all, favorite and Italian are kind of oxymorons because, uh, or uh, because, not the most stylish players. Italians are very stylish in the way they dress. They're very stylish in their haircuts. A lot of Italian men are good looking, stylish, right, and so on. Their soccer has historically sucked because they played the, as a Catanesia or I can't, I don't know how to pronounce like a very defensive, right? You play defensive, defensive, defensive. You park the bus in front of the goal. You take a 1-0 lead and then you start wasting time. You start diving. You start whining. So win at all costs, zero flair, zero aesthetics. So so they might come up with Leonardo da Vinci. They might come up with Michael da, uh, and, uh, uh, but they, they, when it comes, uh, when it comes, you know, they, Florence in the Middle Ages, Michelangelo, that's what I was trying to pronounce. Uh, but when it comes to soccer, useless on aesthetics. I like very much um, Maldini, even though he was a, uh, a, a back, a defensive. I usually like the playmaking midfielders. Pirlo was very stylish, a bit slow, but certainly he had this kind of insouciance, this kind of nonchalance about him, the way he was the playmaker from as a deep-lying midfielder. And so I would probably say uh, uh, Pirlo. Uh, I didn't like uh, Baggio. I didn't like uh, Del Piero and all these kinds of guys. I, I find them, I found them overrated. Uh, I liked Franco Baresi, who was the sweeper of the 1990 team. Uh, so a few players, of course, Dino Zoff, who was the goalie back when I was a kid. I, I liked a lot. And also the recent goalie who retired, uh, uh, Buffon. Uh, so those are probably my favorite Italian players. Thank you so much for your uh, contribution. Uh, let's keep those super chats coming, people, if you want to have your questions read. Could victim feminism be so popular because women evolved to damsel and sex and men evolved to answer the call for themselves? I mean, yes, except that the... I, I don't think that in this case, the victim feminism is driven by a desire to be rescued, but rather by a desire to reap empathy and sympathy via a mechanism of Munchausen, right? I feign the illness so that I can garner, oh, poor you, you're sick, even though I'm truly not sick. So it's a it's a faux victimhood. So my, I'm not sure that it's driven by what you're saying and not more so by my uh, Munchausen theory. Okay, let's keep going. Oh, JP Ventura is back. I thought Burka emerged as a consequence of the Middle Ages to protect women. Uh, I'm not sure if you are being facetious or not. I'm guessing you're being facetious. And if so, well done. Uh, it was really fun, by the way, that when I first got to Montreal, you know, the first, I don't know how many women that I saw, all of whom were working in Montreal were all veiled. So that really made me feel welcome and safe to know that the, the religion of peace was well entrenched, entrenched at the airport. So that was great. Neurodivergent. Thank you so much for your contribution. You getting in shape gives me encouragement so I can do the same. Hopefully one day being as fetching as the Godfather. You know what? Believe me, you can do it. I was overweight up to about age 22, 23, grossly underweight. Many of you have seen the photos of me with the eight pack. You fantasize to those photos. 
maybe you use those photos for your own lovemaking sessions to inspire your, your wives and husbands. I don't know what you use my photos for. But up till about the age of 22, grossly underweight, 23, 24, I start putting on weight. I go from the lowest at 122 pounds. That's the lowest I was. Typically, my playing weight was about 130, 128, 132. The highest I got 25 years later, 30 years later, 256. And now I'm at 170. So you can do it. And I was overweight for pro, you know well over 20 years. So that's not a little bit of time. So I went from walrus to the god of sexiness in a year and a half. So you can do it. Get off the couch. Watch my show with Joe Rogan. I break down all of the items of how I did it. Nothing magical. No secret recipe. There's just a bunch of steps. You have to adhere to them. And I promise you, you will be in the right shape. So go for it. You can do it. Okay, Gary Denier Bassis, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Could it be that people think that Cristiano is better than Lionel because of Cristiano's leg wax? <laughs> inquiring, uh, inquiring minds need to know. No, I think because people are idiots. Because people, uh, well, they're morons. They're imbeciles. And so no person who really knows soccer. By the way, I could I could give you a uh, the the statement of a thousand of the greatest players of all times who are still alive, all the greatest coaches, and when they're asked, Messi, Ronaldo, almost invariably everybody says Messi. Ronaldo is an athletic specimen. He is he is the model of discipline. However good he is, he wants to be better the next day. He's disciplined. He's hardworking. He jumps very high. He can hang in the air for 12 hours. He sprints. He's, he's tall. He's bulky. He's muscular. He's fast. I mean, less so now, but okay. So he's a specimen, okay, both in his mind and in his physicality. And he's a finisher. He scored, he's now the number one all-time leading scorer in international goals for the national team. So he's amazing. But you don't have an orgasm watching him touch the ball. Messi is of another world. Messi transcends reality. Messi is me. When I watch Messi, I'm taking drugs. So if someone says, do you take drugs? I say, I don't ingest drugs. I watch Messi and I'm high. God damn, that was poetic. You get it? Because Messi, the way he moves, the way he touches the ball, he is soccer. He's made for soccer. He is, they engineered him to be the right height, right size, right acceleration, right cutting when he dribbles past people. He's perfection. I've seen all the great players of all time. I've seen Pele. I've seen Maradona. I've seen Cruyff. I've seen Ronaldo. I've seen Zidane. I've seen them all, everyone in my lifetime. All of them combined are not as good as Messi. Why? Because Messi is football. So that's it. There's nothing to argue. If you argue that, you're an affront to human decency. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep it going. As an Air Force veteran, by the way, my son and I always play. I'm going to read your, your question in a second. But my son and I always say, okay, which service would you want to be in? You know, you got the Marines. You got the Air Force. You got the Army, you got the Navy. I do think that the Navy pilots that land on the aircraft carriers do have a, a special place in my heart. They, you know, the whole Top Gun thing, they are super cool. But I've always fantasized. When I was a kid, I, I wasn't much of a comic book reader, but there was this one French comic, uh, uh, French uh, like comic strip uh, that was about these Air Force pilots from the French military. Uh, I think it was called Mirage, the, the 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 fighter jets. And I used to always think, wow, I would like to be that, you know, as a, as a young boy kind of fantasizing. 
Uh, and even till today, I've thought, you know, assuming that my body can take it, I would love to go on such a flight. And I, and I came close to doing that because, you know, I've got contacts in high places, as they say. I've never done it yet, but maybe I will. So if there is a military Air Force person here who can hook up Dr. Saad to go on a flight, make it happen. So as an Air Force veteran, thank you for your service, sir. I'm curious about the story behind your poster, Our Heroes. Thanks for your... Oh, uh, you talk about this one. I don't know if you could see it. Let me just move it for you. If you see the image, it's me, right? So what they did is they took an image. Uh, I don't know what the original poster's from. I I'm guessing it's one of those propaganda piece to uh, during World War II to try to recruit people to join the service. Then they put my thing. And if you see, it's it's shooting down an ostrich. This was sent to me by a fan, made from a, by a fan. That's the kind of love. That's the kind of community we're building. So thank you for that. Uh, uh, yeah, so that's the story for the poster. Let, let's keep going. We're down to 2.30, still pretty good for a completely unannounced... Uh, next one, I'm going to try to actually announce it, like give it, let's say, okay, next week I'll be here because let's try to see if we can grow these numbers. Uh, okay, so I'm going down, guys. Sorry if I if I skip all. There's millions of comments here because I, I want to just stick to the one. Khirid, uh, what a cool dude. Thank you. I appreciate that. Where can I buy some buy you some good dinner? Uh, I'm 50% Jewish, 2,000 years removed. Okay, did I cover? No. Oh, I didn't cover everybody yet. Hold on a second. I'm okay. I missed a whole bunch of people. Let me go back. Let me go back. Oh my God. I would have hated to miss all these people. Okay. Hold on. The last one was the Air Force veteran. So let me first find him and then I'll come back to the rest of you. Let's see if we can beat uh, the total of last time. This is my second one. So please, guys, if you love my work, if you support all that I do, uh, if you want to give me some financial protection believe me the whole dream can end at any time even though i'm tenured who knows uh and of course these guys are always coming after me just like the uh, these guys meaning the canadian government quebec government so if you want to help support me please do so uh okay i'm going down to find the next oh jordan thank you for your words of fortitude a nurse from manchester okay i i may create an enemy here i don't want trouble but if you're going to ask me next, Manchester City or Manchester United, completely, I'm a blue guy. Manchester City, why? No, no, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I was a Manchester City fan 25 years ago. But once they, once Pep came in, once he created Tiki Taka football, it's so beautiful to watch. Completely stylish. And by the way, Kevin De Bruyne is divine. Messi is the greatest player of all time. Doesn't count because he's not human. Of human players, Kevin De Bruyne is the best player in the world. That guy has the footballing IQ of Einstein. He can see passes that every single other person in the stadium couldn't have even dreamt. He just scored four goals. He's a midfielder. He just scored four goals in his last game. So I hope, Jordan, I haven't upset you if you're a Manchester United fan. But I'm sorry, but I support the noisy neighbors as Sir... Alex Ferguson once referred to Manchester City. The noisy neighbors who are catching up very quickly to the total of championships that Manchester United had won. Uh, Matsu Crunch, thank you very much for your contribution. I promise through some cosmic justice you will get back to where this is going. Can I tell you something? Just you writing that to show you how desperate I am. Just you writing that gives me solace. I feel good. 
because I feel as though, you know, sometimes you have to engage in this kind of cosmic thinking, cosmic, you know, magical thinking. So you don't know how much that helped me. And I hope that from your words to the cosmos's ear, that one day I'll sit with you and I say, I worked it out and my book royalties are back every single last cent in my bank account. I earned that money. I wrote the book. I lived those experiences. F you that you would steal it from me. So thank you so much, Matsu Crunch. You don't know how much that means to me. Let's see. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Uh, for attention to check mail, it's serious guy. Okay, I'll check. Giant Sige. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely check it. I can't promise. I, I receive, I can't tell you how many thousands of emails. It's not easy. Uh, but I will definitely check it. But uh, this is George Kamajian who's back. Thank you for your, I think, second uh, super chat today. But Dr. Sad, have you heard of this YouTube channel called The Russia? You should go on there. I heard he's... <laughs> okay, so I'm going to guess. I'm picking up that maybe that's the guy that I was... Uh, complaining about earlier whatever his name was is that the is that the joke there i don't know but okay the rational male okay that sounds good lutre i promise you doctor that through some cosmos you'll get back the money they stole from me for your book royalties oh you're killing me that is lovely thank you i swear you don't know how desperate i am i mean really put yourself in my shoes i'm sitting there i'm saying my god after all these years my God, love. I'm, ta I'm talking about my wife now. Love, look, we've made I've made some a bit of money. We can we can maybe I can retire a few years early. Oh no, May 2nd, all the money gone. What happened to my money? Where is my money? So thank you so much just for saying that. It means a lot to me. It gives me the vigor to feel as though we can fight. You know, I wonder if if I were to go on my huge platforms and say, I want I want people to sign a petition. Because look. Everything in life changes. We used to have slavery and then people, hundreds of thousands of people lost their lives and now we no longer have slavery. The tax system, is a, it truly is slavery, right? Because it's from January to September, I work for free and I start keeping my money in the eighth, ninth month. Is that normal? Is that possible? So that's, if, if you saw how much money I made this past year, and then you saw the final number, you'd say it can't be. You're you're what are you? You're laundering money. You're 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 doing something God sad. How could you how could you start with that number from your book royalties and end up with this number? You know, I basically have enough but a tiny bit of money to maybe to change the windows in the house. How could that be? Well, because if you're taxed 58% on your income, if you're taxed 15% on sales tax, so whatever money is left, they take 15% of that. If I then pay property tax, if I then pay school tax, well, I'm left with about a third of my net income. And then if I then add all the expenses for the year, oh, look, at the end of the year, I've got $12,000 left. Now, you might say, oh, $12,000 is good. Wow, that's nice. Well, not if you see what I originally made. Where is my money? Anyway, so thank you so much, Luttrell. I truly appreciate it. Kid Jack is back. Thank you. I love your salt about taxes. They let it flow. Do you see it? Uh, do you see a new wave of immigration, not just from third world, but from all of the first world into the U.S.? Yes, you're looking at one. The idea that no matter what I do, I can never escape your criminal taxation. Again, when there was no taxation in 1917, how about you stop fucking spending all the money on all the bullshit? Just give a military, fix the roads, 
have a police and F off. No gender equity in Pakistan. No going on private jets with Justin Trudeau to Davos so that you could talk about green stuff. Provide us these six services. Levy $10,000 from each Canadian. I don't care how much money you make. There is no moral or ethical justification for why different Canadians should pay different amounts to have the right to be Canadian citizens. That's the definition of not being equal under the law. It's fucked up. It's bullshit. I know I don't swear usually, but you got me. So yes, I'm salty. And now at least my mind is going with you guys. I'll get out of here after and I'll just sit and wallow in the injustice of what's been done to me. So uh, yes, I am salty. I'm angry. I want revenge and so on. And so should all of you. You should never be the type to say, oh, shut up this successful guy whining about money. Why should I pay 10 times the taxes you pay with all that I do for society? Anyways, any recommendations of Arab Jewish music artists, film contemporaries or otherwise you... Oh, Incendie was amazing. Huge fan of Incendie. Incendie was a movie, by the way, if you forgive me, you, you, you misspelt it, but it's okay. Incendie means uh, fires. Incendie, plural, or with an S, become fire in plural. It's a movie... I won't give it away because it has a really interesting twist that was done uh, regarding uh, some uh, Lebanese uh, immigrant. Anyways, I'll tell you the story. Uh, but I don't think that was Arab Jewish. I don't think that the connection with Lebanon was a Lebanese Jewish one. I uh, Probably Arab music. Uh, the top one is Enrico Masia, uh, who Enrico Masia, or I, I don't know how you break it up. He, he was a very famous uh, Moroccan uh, Jewish singer. I don't, I'm not even sure if he's alive, but he he was a very, very big singer in French-speaking world. Certainly when I was growing up in Lebanon, he would be one. There aren't too many. Uh, uh, well, there's Gad El-Malih. El-Malih means, uh, means salt, in, or, although in, in French you say Gal, Gad El-Malih, who's a very famous uh, French actor, and, and he shares my name, which is a very rare name, Gad, my first name. Uh, he is a uh, comic also, stand-up comic. He's played in several, uh, many movies, usually, I'm mean, usually typically French movies, although he's tried to do a bit of a crossover over the past couple of years. He's actually linked to my family by marriage. Uh, my cousin is married to his uncle, Maurice El-Maleh, who is the uncle of Gad El-Maleh. You might want to check him out. But I can't think of too many Lebanese Jewish uh, artists or singers and so on. Not many. Now, I can think of non-Jewish uh, Lebanese uh, singers. My favorite one growing up who still haunts my mind because she has such a haunting voice is Fairuz. You might want to check her greatest uh, Arabic singer, arguably, of all time. Uh, so you might want to check her out. Fairuz. Uh, her, her name is pronounced in different ways, but the probably the most common way, one is F-E-Y-R-O-U-Z or F-A-Y-R-O-U-Z, Fairuz. Uh, so there you go. JP Ventura is back. YouTube links sent to your Cornell email and to your Twitter mural book on, on by Amazon Prime. Okay, thank you very much, JP Ventura. This is not a question. Uh, it was a statement. Uh, creative project, thank you very much for your contribution. Can social I isolation hinder... Cognition, uh, I mean, uh, I, I don't know the literature on that, specifically those links, but I can certainly construct an argument for, you know, if you are socially isolated, 
you can become lonely. If you become lonely, you can be depressed. If you become depressed, you are you're in a cognitive state of kind of learned helplessness that can cause your ability to be creative, to uh, engage in ideation. And so I can clearly construct some theoretical arguments, which then would have to be empirically tested, linking social isolation to cognition. So at the theoretical level, I think there's definitely something there to be said. No guard, Coatsmith. Thank you very much for your As a Lebanese, your thoughts on Klinger from MASH. You, you know what? This is going to maybe shock you. Maybe some of you are not going to be happy to hear this. I detested that show. Simply hearing the starting music of that show put me in a catatonic state. I couldn't stand it. I hated I hated the set. I, I found them heavy and obnoxious. He's the one who, I guess, gets dressed up as a woman so that he can avoid being in the military, right? That's Klinger, I'm guessing. Uh, I don't know much about him other than I couldn't stand that show as a kid. So sorry about that. Okay. Nicholas Wilson, what advice would you give someone in their early 20s? Well, it's kind of a general question. Advice where? Advice on how to seek a partner. Advice on what kind of job to get. What kind of degree to get. Advice on how to respond to your parents. There are 73,000 domains in life, so I can't give you advice in every domain. The domain in one field is different than the domain in another field. This is, by the way, one of the reasons why I had never written a self-help book until the one that I'm currently writing, which is not really self-help. It's a lot more highbrow. Because I think that a lot of times self-help gurus are just bullshitters because there isn't one solution for every single condition. They're, sell they're selling you promissory notes, right? Here are the seven steps to everything. F off. There aren't. But advice, here's one I could give you that transcends everything. Be authentic. And I do talk about this in my next book. Now, authentic in two ways. You could be authentic in terms of your interactions, like be authentic, be real. Don't be fake. Present yourself to the world with all your faults and, and with all your flaws. And I am real to a fault. Okay. But there's another a grander dementia of authenticity in the existential sense. And there is actually existential authenticity that many existentialists have written about. For example, be authentic in terms of the career you wish to pursue. This is really getting into the territory for my next book, which I hope that you will all get. You decide to become a physician because your dad wanted you to become one. Then at the age of 50, you wake up and you realize, God, I hate medicine. I should have gone into, uh, into art. That's always what I wanted to be. Well, guess what? You didn't live an authentic life. You were inauthentic to, your, to, to the most foundational personhood of who you are. So what advice would I give Nicholas Wilson to someone in the early, in the young 20s? Be authentic in every possible way, in daily interaction and in the existential sense. I think one, of, I hope you agree that one of the reasons why this is, seems to be working nicely is I'm here. I'm, I'm authentic. I don't hide anything. I'm, I'm passionate. You know, when I'm pissed off about the taxes, I'm pissed off. If I drop an F-bomb, which I, of course I don't usually, it's very rare. Okay, now it's a different milieu. I'm authentic. I don't put on the haughty air of a fancy professor. I am me. Okay. Be authentic always. Okay, guys. Uh, we're almost out of time. So I'm going to try to cover all of the people uh, that I haven't yet covered. Uh, okay. Here we go. Uh, we only have two more minutes. So you might want to, not that I want to say this, but you, wanna, you might want to stop your super chats because I want to just get to, through everybody who's here and then we'll call it quits. Uh, Hey, hey, sad. Hey, sad. Not hey, gad or hey, doctor sad or hey, professor sad. Just straight to last name. Hey, sad. This is Tommy uh, Aquist. 
I'm a psychology student from Denmark. I'm interested in F psych on career opportunities. Can can one you and can one use it in clinical practice? Uh, yes, you could use evolution psychology in clinical practice. I can I can suggest to you uh, one great book that can whet your appetite. It's a book by uh, McGuire and Troisi called Darwinian Psychiatry. They provide the framework for how we could study psychiatric ailments from an evolutionary perspective. There's also a book, a more recent book called Evolutionary Psychopathology. Check those two books out. There's definitely a space for uh, clinical psychologists who are rooted in the evolutionary lens. So yes, I'm trying to wrap up all remaining. Uh, Miss James in Blogington, how much of Munzhausen is driven by finding victimhood and sympathy, psychological side of the desire to acquire social currency and material gain? Uh, a lot of it is driven by the former, uh, oh, poor you, oh, empathy, attention, right? And by the way, Munchausen syndrome by proxy is even more diabolical, right? Munchausen syndrome is I feign an illness on me so that I can garner the sympathy. Munchausen syndrome by proxy is I harm my biological child, my pet, my elderly parent, so that I can garner the empathy and sympathy by proxy. So usually it's not for pecuniary reasons. It's not for material gain. It's for this orgiastic and twisted need to draw attention. Oh, poor you, poor you, you have an ailing child. It's grotesque. All right, guys, almost out of time. We're going a bit past two, two hours. Uh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Do we have anybody else? Why does someone keep asking, is Nassim Talib gay? No, he's not. I mean, other than the sex that we've had together, he's not. No, I'm kidding. He's not gay. He's married. He has children. Kick Jack. God, I agree with you. Hold on. God, I agree with you. I was not trying to insult you. I love that you are fighting back. Another mention. Oh, I, I don't, I didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, oh, the insult about the, 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 the guy that you want me to go see on his show. I'm not sure. I, I didn't feel insulted. I don't know what you're talking about. I love that you are fighting back. Another mention of Rikyat Allah. Yes, but you will love his tax rant. He shows their BS history and law. Oh, now you, that, that perked my ears. Okay. I'll definitely have to check him out. EUP, that's me. I run a flight simulator too, so we can go for a fly after lunch. Yes, but I, I, I'd love that. That could be super fun. I don't know if you're in Montreal, but I need to experience the real thing. I need to experience those G's, you know, hitting that sexy body of mine. Uh, Charles Foster, my wife is parasitized by her siblings. She is more concerned with their families and their issues than Arshila. What can I do? Uh, your super chat double. My, my, your super chat doubles exponentially with each chat. I don't know what that means exactly. I didn't get what you mean. Are you saying that each super chat that I will do, that the amount will grow exponentially? If that's true, that's great because I certainly need the money. Uh, don't, don't think I'm uh, swimming in money. You'd be, you'd be wrong. So thank you to all those who've been generous. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to know a lot more about your family dynamics to know why she is parasitized by her siblings more than your children. It's, it's hard for me to answer in the abstract. Uh, it certainly uh, violates evolutionary edicts in the following sense. Your children are biologically linked to you in the sense that they share 50% of your genes on average with you. But that's also true of her siblings, but it's not true of their offspring. So if she's investing more in her nieces and nephews than in her biological children, then in this Kin selection calculus, she is engaging in a maladaptive behavior in that strict sense. 
Okay, we're almost done, guys. We got to wrap it up, but let me see if there's anybody else. No, I think I have covered everybody. Uh, yeah, all the super ch uh, chat uh, folks. Thank you so much. I'm just going to take one question that wasn't from super chat people. I only, I've only done, I really like your wit. Thanks, God. Great show. Hi, God. Okay. Do you know about the Barbara slave, uh, Barbary safe tip? Yes, I do. Uh, good night. Thank you so much. Thank you, God. Thank you, guys. This was fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed it. To all those who uh, donated Super Chats, I truly appreciate it. Uh, I will try to do these probably once a week, maybe even twice a week. So I hope that you'll come back. I hope that you'll tell others. Uh, have a great weekend. And uh, to those people who said that there'll be cosmic just justice for my taxes, thank you so much. It's given me hope to tackle the weekend without committing suicide. I appreciate it, guys. Take care and much love. See you soon. Take care. Ciao, guys. Bye.